Yes, that's right, everybody. We're back for another episode of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. It's a 12 questions edition today. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and I am joined today by Elliot Sadler, the Xfinity Series points leader. Did you know, actually, I was looking at the points this morning, Elliot Sadler is one of three junior motorsports drivers in the top three in points. They're one, two, three right now. Justin Allgaier is 41 points behind Sadler, and William Byron is three points behind Allgaier. So yeah, it's going pretty well for junior motorsports, and Elliot Sadler is leading the way. Almost won Richmond last week until a late caution ruined his chances, but he's been having a pretty good season and heads to Talladega Super Speedway this weekend. So without further ado, let's hear what Elliot Sadler had to say in the 12 questions. All right, we're here with Elliot Sadler. We're hiding from the rain at Bristol Motor Speedway, so we're at least staying dry. So Elliot, uh, over the years, how much of your success is based on natural ability and how much has come from working at it? Um, I think uh, it's got to be 70% from natural ability and, and 30% from working at it. it. What I've learned in my career, I wish I worked as hard when I was 20 as I do now. I'm way, way in better shape now than I was 20 years ago. Uh, I'm more mentally prepared each and every week uh, for races now than I was 20 years ago. I just wish I knew then what I know now. Uh, to, to working out and staying right. But I think the natural ability, the hand-eye coordination, just starting at an early age and getting adapted to it and, and adjusting to it as you go, I think helped me get to where I'm at today. Okay. So Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards have all retired in the last couple of years. What's your pitch for fans of theirs to become fans of yours? Hey, man, I'm one of those kind of old-school drivers, too. You know, don't don't jump ship and go with these young guys yet. <laughs> you know, stay with somebody that you know they're, they're racing against some of these guys. So, um, you know, it, it's neat to see young guys coming in and kind of I know our sport's healthy. But, fans, support the people that have been around for a while. You know, keep us going. Stay, stay on our bandwagon as long as you can. That's a great pitch. I, I like that. Uh, what's the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? Uh, hardest part of my job, honestly, is is leaving my wife and kids every week, you know, especially my kids that don't really understand uh, why I'm gone for a couple of days at a time. So that, that's that's the hardest part when you know my son really wants to come with me every week, but it's, you know we got to do school and we got so many other things going on. So by far, uh, leaving is, is is the toughest part. That's got to be really tough. Um, so let's say a fan spots you eating dinner. You're out in a nice restaurant. Should they come over and approach you for an autograph or no? Oh, 100%. You know, I've always had this rule. If you're nice to me, I'm nice to you. But uh, so come on over if you want. And a lot of fans have, have been really good about uh, waiting till they, they watch you finish eating. Because, look, man, I'm a pretty messy eater. You, you might not want me to shake your hand or sign anything if, if I'm going to eat some chicken wings or something like that. So, But I've always been, hey, if you're nice and courteous to me, I'm, I'm the same with you. That's cool. Uh, what's a story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? Wow, a story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage. That's uh, that's really good. I don't know of any right now because it's not getting enough coverage, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I uh, Everybody's talking about the new um, stage racing 
and bonus points for the regular season. But I don't hear a lot of media people or TV talking at all about the actual bonus points that's accumulated. They're showing all the bonus points that people are accumulating during the races, but they're not making one for the actual championship chase that you get to keep through the chase the whole time. That's what they should be showing. That's way more important. That the point, the one point that you're getting for the championship in the playoffs is way more important than the 10 points that you get for leading the stage. Yeah, it's like, oh, this guy just got uh, five points in the race for the regular season, but you already know you're going to be in the playoffs, but you're like, no, I got this bonus point. That's what's really going to matter. It's 100% way more important that I think the media or TV and all has kind of missed the boat on. That's way more important than the list that they're showing now on TV. Yeah, I agree with you. Who is the last driver that you texted? I texted Dale Jarrett yesterday. Does he count? Does he count? He's a driver. He's he's won a few races. He and I uh, texted each other yesterday, laughing about uh, some trips that we've had to Bristol in the past, and uh, when 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 we were teammates. Nice to have those memories. Yeah, it's it's good to have those memories. And I think the last one, other than him, that I race with, uh, Clint Boyer. That's a good guy to text with. I'm sure he keeps it fun. Always, no matter which you text him. Uh, but you have to text him in really short sentences. <laughs> he, he's not going to pay attention if you, you know, it's like two lines on his phone. If it goes more than two lines, you, you've lost him. <laughs> it's got to be very short, concise. That's great. Do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? No, I have. No, I, I don't look at it that way at all. Um you know, I think dry, I think fans are entertained one way or the other by what we do, but I don't look at us as entertainers. I, I look at us as, as athletes and trying to do our job and win races and run up front. And hopefully you're entertained by that. But I don't think it's my job to go out there and try to create a storyline on or off the racetrack to, to, to try to entertain what's going on. My job is to, to try to put my car in victory lane. Makes sense. What is your middle finger policy on the racetrack? I give it often, and I get it sometimes. <laughs> Mostly to the young guys that don't understand some of the procedures of the sport. You know, uh, I think that's the biggest thing why we miss uh, Dale Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace and Dale Jarrett and Mark Martin, some of those guys that would just come pretty much grab you and tell you what you did wrong. Well, you can't really do that anymore. Uh, so middle fingers are definitely used. And a lot of people use them. Just uh, – you know, be careful what color gloves you wear because they can pick it up pretty easy from, 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 from outside. That's great. So, obviously, some drivers keep a payback list for negative reasons. But do you also have a list in your mind of guys that have done you a favor that you might owe them back something in return? 100%. Uh, I've always kept, like, a mental note of I know this guy is going to help me when we're, uh, let's say when we're restricted plate racing. This guy does this, this guy does that. This guy's positive to work with. I'm not going to work with this guy because he's going to bail on you as soon as something happens. So yes, you definitely have a list of drivers that, I don't know if you call it a positive and negative list, but drivers that you had rather work with and for and you give and take more. Some guys won't give and take at all with you. Some guys will and you know that. This guy, you know, gave, you know he Bubba Wallace, you know, let, let, let me go by him last week. So this week when he gets to me, if he catches me from half straight away behind, I'll let him go. So you give and take and you understand who does that for you. Tony Stewart said it from day one, I love it. You race the people the way you want to be raced. So that, that creates a, a negative list and a positive list. Interesting. Who is the most famous person you've had dinner with? Most famous person I've had dinner with? Um, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. That's pretty cool. How was that dinner? 
Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And uh, this was right when Wedding Crashers came out. And that was like peak Vince Vaughn. That was peak Vince Vaughn. It was in Las Vegas through friends of friends that we ended up at the same table and then kind of hung out that night um, uh, for a few beverages. And um, I learned that he talks just as fast in real life as he, as he did on the big screen. But that was a pretty entertaining uh, uh, dinner that I was part of. So you were with a dude that was in Swingers in Vegas hanging out with him. That's that's hard to beat right there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That, that might be... Uh, the highlight of my life in Vegas. <laughs> um, what is something about yourself you'd like to improve? Oh man, something I like to improve. Um, my English, man. I can't. <laughs> I got a southern draw, and a lot of times when I talk, my crew chief can't understand me because he's from Michigan. So uh, yeah, if I could work on that, isn't it some kind of tapes or something I can listen to that help me speak? I mean, you're shaking your head no right now, like you can't understand me, Gluck. So. I think Rosetta Stone hasn't come out with something yet. Yeah. See, I know she helps you with, with uh, foreign languages, right. but how about like a southern twang? Yeah, how about Virginia? Why isn't there that? Exactly. We, we, we need our own Hooked on Phonics book in southern Virginia. <laughs> um, so I asked each driver to give me a question for the next interview. I did one with Kyle Larson. His question was, um, you've seen uh, all sorts of different uh, drivers come through the ranks over the years. You've been around long enough how has the racing style changed, especially, he said, with the influx of younger drivers coming in today? The biggest difference I've seen is younger drivers used to come in with not as good equipment. They used to come in maybe on lower, I don't want to say lower level, but maybe different tier teams. So they gave a lot more and just kind of went through a learning process. Now I think younger drivers are in top-notch equipment right off the bat and they can be more aggressive, and they can afford to tear up a race car. They, they know they're going to get another brand new one next week. When before, when I came along, it was a lot different. Um, you, you better learn how to take care of your stuff, and if that meant you had to slow down a little bit to make sure you took care of yourself, you had to do that. So the biggest thing I've seen there is, is young drivers coming in that are really good, but then really good equipment also. Interesting. Um, I don't know who the next interview is going to be with, so um, do you have a question I could just ask another driver in general? Yes. Ask your next guy, don't he or she thinks it'd be great for the sport if they start pulling a pill and inverting the field right before the race starts. So let's say you qualify, and then right before the race starts, when we're doing a national anthem, make a big deal out of it. The pole winner has to pull a pill out of the hat. And it could be 8, 10, 12, 4, whatever NASCAR thinks is cool, and that's how many cars are inverted, and you don't know till right before the race starts. So uh, you could sandbag, but you wouldn't want to sandbag too much, but you'd want to maybe sandbag a little bit in qualifying. Well, it depends on what the rules are. Maybe right. it's a pill in there with a zero in it. Oh, I see. I see. You see what I'm saying? You know, right. make, make it unpredictable, but I think you could really build some around it like a pre-race to what he draws and then see teams scrambling because it's, it, your car is going to run different depending what, what, what you draw. And you'd really have no time for uh, strategy because it would be right there. Do it right before the race because that's, look, that's when the most eyes are on the race. It's pre-race, right? Everybody's getting ready, national anthem. We're going to, we want to see the starter race, see what happens. Throw that kink into it. I like that too because in addition on top of that, you, you would have to watch the start of the race. It wouldn't be something where people now are like, oh, I'm going to go shopping for a few hours. I'll come back for like the last 100 miles or whatever. That's right because now you don't know where your favorite driver is going to start because you don't know where, if they're going to be a part of the invert or not. That's great. Well, cool. Thanks for, uh, I'll, I, I hope that that happens. Thanks for joining us.
Right, we'll plug it along. It's it's your idea. You go ahead. Right, okay. Run with it. Okay. You could just cancel the tape. Nobody knows it came from me, and it'd be your idea. All right, I'm going to edit this part out. Thanks. <laughs> Great. So there you have it. What do you think of Elliot's idea? I'd be curious to know. I actually think it's good. I mean, I think it. I think that could actually work and make something interesting, but I'm not sure um, NASCAR would ever go for it. And plus, you get people saying, that's a gimmick, that's a gimmick. But hey, it's a good thought. I'd like to give some shout-outs this week. Um, these are people who found their Patreon messages after I've been talking about it recently. Remember that if you're a patron, check your Patreon inbox because um, when you registered, I sent you a thank you note. And um, some of you either didn't hear your shout-out yet or didn't let me know you wanted one or uh, just forgot to write back or didn't know it was there. So anyway... Dakota Jacobs, Jeff Hess, James Burry, you have now been shouted out on the podcast. So sorry it took a long time, but I'm glad you found your messages and I hope you heard this. So tomorrow coming up on the podcast, it's a social spotlight edition and it's with Kenny Wallace. I teased this a little bit on the post-race podcast after Richmond, but you know I was expecting, oh, haha, funny Kenny Wallace, but actually... Um, was much more serious interview, I guess, and a little bit more deep than I anticipated. So if you want to hear that side of Kenny Wallace, it was interesting, and um, I encourage you to check it out tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.